So may God guide us and bless us as we reflect on this, his word to us today. Many of the parables that Jesus told, many of the parables Jesus told had a hard cutting edge to them. And they're all pictures of the kingdom of God. Well, most of them are. They illustrate what it means to be part of this kingdom. And some of these parables, including the one here that is our gospel for today, they were first told to the church's leaders, the scribes, and the elders, and the Pharisees. These were men who thought that they really were the pillars of the church. Well, according to the story, a landowner set up a vineyard and then planted out some vines. You see, wealthy men in Palestine in the first century normally didn't get involved in the day-to-day running of farms or vineyards. So this man appointed some tenant farmers to manage the vineyard for him. When the vintage time came, he sent some of his servants to go and get his share of the harvest. But the tenants grabbed the slaves, they beat up one, they killed another, and they stoned another. So the owner sent some more servants The same thing happened to them. Finally, he sent his son to them. He thought that at least they'd respect the son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, this is the owner's son. Come on, let's kill him, and then we'll get the property. So they grabbed him, they threw him out of the vineyard, and they killed him. You see, according to Jewish law, If the owner of a vineyard failed to collect his rent for three years in a row, the tenants could claim that vineyard for themselves. So killing the owner's son and heir would have helped those tenants to actually gain ownership of the vineyard. And Jesus' hearers would have very well known that. Now, most of Jesus' parables make only one point. But in this case... The details in the story are really quite important. The owner of the vineyard is God. The vineyard itself is the nation of Israel. That's a picture that you, you can find in many, many parts of the Old Testament. And the tenants were the Jewish people and particularly their church, their religious leaders. Now, the Israelites were a specially blessed people. God had, in fact, called them to be his special people. He'd he'd freed them from their slavery there in Egypt, looked after them through the desert wanderings, then he'd settled them there in the land of Canaan and built a, a sort of a protective fence around them with the law that he'd given them. Again and again, through prophets like Isaiah and Jeremiah and Daniel and Ezekiel, through them he'd promised to send a Messiah, Saviour, who'd bring a blessing to all nations. And he'd given them various ceremonies to picture their cleansing from sin. <clears throat> he'd given them a, a system of sacrifices that showed how God would pay for all human sin through the one great Lamb of God who'd take away the sin of the whole world. And he'd sent them one prophet after another to proclaim the message of repentance and faith. And then God had kept those promises He'd sent his own son to be born and live among them, to bring them God's great word of love and forgiveness and hope. But what happened? What happened? 
the Israelites had murmured and turned away from God again and again on their way from Egypt to Canaan. They'd gone off after false gods. And when God sent prophets to call them back to him, they'd ignored their message and they'd even killed some of those prophets. And even when John the Baptist came, all the religious leaders did, most of them, was simply stand there and look on and scowl from a distance. Then, when God sent his own son to them, like those tenant farmers in the parable, they seized him and they killed him. He came to love them, but they hated him and they nailed him to a cross. Now, I think it's very easy for us to sit back comfortably and point the finger at them. But what about us? What about you? You see, we too have been very richly blessed as God's Old Testament people were, in fact, probably more so. We live in a rich and free land. We're free to worship according to our conscience. And by God's grace, we have a full revelation of God's plan of salvation. The death and the resurrection of God's Messiah, Saviour, that's, that's complete. It's recorded history. And so we can worship and proclaim God's word of law and gospel in our churches. We can receive his sacrament. Now, did you notice that I said this is by God's grace? You see, God showers all of these blessings on us just as he did with his Old Testament people, but he does this not because we deserve them any more than anybody else, but simply because he loves us. He loves us and he wants us to be part of his special people. And then he wants us also to live as his people. And through his spirit he makes that possible. That's his grace. Now, this parable shows up what the Jewish leaders had done and in fact were still doing, how they rejected the very heart of their faith. But then Jesus sounded a stern warning to them. Haven't you ever read what the scriptures say, he asked? The stone which the builders rejected as worthless turned out to be the most important of all. This was done by the Lord. What a wonderful sight it is. Now that's a quote from Psalm 118. (coughs) You see, these, these Jewish leaders, church leaders, they thought they were building God's kingdom. But they'd not only overlooked, they'd actually rejected, they'd thrown away the stone that turned out to be the cornerstone of the whole building. The foundation stone of God's church is Jesus Christ himself. Therefore I tell you, Jesus added, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its proper fruits. Because they and their religious leaders had rejected God's prophets and even killed his son, the Old Testament nation of Israel ceased to be the special people of God. And so God's raised up another nation to be his special New Testament people. And this, this is the holy nation that St. Peter speaks about in a letter that he wrote to Christians generally. He said, Most of the readers of that letter were non-Jewish in their background. They were Gentiles. So Peter wrote, Come to the Lord, the living stone rejected by man as worthless, but chosen by God as valuable. 
Come as living stones, Peter wrote, and let yourselves be used in building the spiritual temple where you will serve as holy priests to offer spiritual sacrifices to God through Jesus Christ. For scripture says, I chose a valuable stone which I am placing as the cornerstone in Zion and whoever believes on him will never be disappointed. Then he goes on to quote Psalm, uh, the verse from Psalm 118 that Jesus refers to here in our text. The stone which the builders rejected as worthless turned out to be the most important of all. And then, then comes that classic passage about God's New Testament church. You are the chosen race, the king's people, the holy nation, God's own people. At one time you were not God's people, but now you are his people. At one time you did not know God's mercy, but now you have received his mercy. And this New Testament uh, people of God, this holy nation of priests, this is God's New Testament church. And this transcends all racial and all ethnic backgrounds. It includes people of every race and tribe and nation and language. And this is the church that you are now a part of. Because the Old Testament nation rejected the message of the prophets, because they ignored and crucified the very cornerstone of the church in Jesus Christ himself, because of that God replaced them with his new international people of God his New Testament church. It's interesting to note that these very stern words of Jesus directed particularly against the church people of his day and their leaders, that these words are recorded in the Gospel of Matthew, which is perhaps the most Jewish of each of the four Gospels. Those who ignore the message of the prophets that God sent to them and who finally rejected his son, the one who's the very foundation of the people of God, they lost their place among the people of God. Now, sadly, the same thing still happens today. Having been born into a Christian family, having been baptised and gone to Sunday school, having been confirmed into adult membership of the church, having gone to youth group, having attended worship from time to time, this doesn't automatically guarantee to you that you remain one of the people of God. In Old Testament times, people rejected the prophets God sent them, even killed them. And sometimes today, people get angry because they don't like to hear the message that God brings to them through the pastor. They might walk out on, ch- on the church if the pastor says something, perhaps something in a sermon that uh, they don't like to hear, something that perhaps cuts a little bit too close to the bone with them. But people who ignore or reject the message of the prophets that God sends them today, those who ignore his word and sacrament, those who blatantly flout his will and spurn the love he offers them in Jesus Christ, they may also hear those words spoken to the faithless people of Jesus' day, The kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce the fruits of faith. If you don't hear and heed God's message, you could very well lose the blessings of the gospel. On the other hand, God says to all who faithfully hear and heed his word, 
You, you are the chosen race, the king's priests, the holy nation, God's own people. One time you were not God's people, but now you are his people. At one time you did not know God's mercy, but now you have received his mercy. And I trust that each one of you will continue to hold on to this precious gospel of your Lord Jesus Christ. I trust that you will continue faithfully to hear and to heed the word of your God because this is a word that brings you his grace and blessing. It brings you also his spiritual strength and stamina so you can live fruitful and loving lives of service. And it motivates you and it empowers you to give God his due in terms of your time and effort and material support as a faithful tenant in the vineyard of his church. And may God grant each one of you the mercy to do this and may he keep you in his New Testament Israel, his New Testament church, for Jesus' sake. Amen.